If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, then you know we are passionate about stories of God meeting ordinary women everywhere they are. The experience of God's mercy, His profound help, and His unexpected grace are not confined to the four walls of a church. Maybe you have felt God's presence most in one of various life stages. While you're single, as a mom to newborns or high schoolers, trying to balance work and home, and becoming a caretaker for your own parents. Perhaps you've come to know him deeper when your plans were interrupted by cancer or divorce or infertility or depression, or even the death of a friend or family member. Definitely, you've experienced his goodness in life celebrations, birth, marriage, fulfilling work, meaningful friendships. Today, let's savor these stories of women encountering God in all life stages and circumstances. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. We hope you've enjoyed our series on spiritual disciplines, and today we're going to be wrapping it up with some final thoughts from Kristen Torres and Jan Kinnemer-Hart. So Jan, where are you today? Kind of getting the end of our summer here at Dawson, getting prepped for our fall kickoff and all the wonderful things that will be happening on Sundays and on Wednesdays and all during the week. And so I've had my countdown calendar right by my desk. I don't have as many weeks as I'd like to have, but it's been a great summer. Kristen, where are you today? I too am in the same season of transition in every area of life here at church, at home, thinking school, all over the place. And like Jan, I guess checklist in hand and ready to go, savoring every moment. Thinking about spiritual disciplines and the series that we've done, what are some general impressions you had or just some thoughts that came to you as you were listening to the different episodes? They were all wonderful. Everyone had something so really meaningful to share and They were great individually, and they were great when they were paired together, and you saw different aspects of the discipline that they were talking about that was complimentary, and they were very insightful, and the people that shared were just the perfect people to talk about those particular things, and I learned a lot about the women that were speaking and the depth of their walk with the Lord, and I learned a lot about that particular discipline and how it, you know, developed and grew in their life, and they, they were really wonderful. Kristen, how did you decide who to pair up? I think it was first about the discipline and then knowing women who I've had some pretty deep conversations with prayer. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I think it was prayer, who to approach. And then after that, it was, a, it was asking these women that the Lord laid on my heart. And apparently the Lord had gone before us and them. So here we are. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed, in a couple of cases, an older woman with a younger woman. Yeah, that was great. And then in a couple of cases, people that didn't know each other at all. And then a couple of cases where people knew each other a little bit or they knew each other a lot. I was overwhelmed at kind of the pairings. I know it was intentional, but it seemed so effortless in a lot of ways. And to realize that it doesn't matter the spiritual discipline, different seasons, stages, all of it. Exactly. All right. Um, So back to your general impressions. I I interrupted you there. Holly, I would echo everything, everything that Jan said, as God always does, exceeds our expectations. I think the Sunday school answer, what stood out, the God part, I thought it was really neat that 
Every single one, I've gone to hear them at least twice, but every single one of them kind of had, I guess, the contrasting picture of the spiritual muscle and the working part versus the simplicity of what the discipline is all about, which is just spending time with God. And so I love that it boiled down to, in every episode, the word, a pen, paper, table, a walk, a word in song, like just all of the simple things that were, were about practicing the presence of God. And that was just something consistent that I noticed. And then I also noticed in every single episode, the word shaping was used in different ways, obviously, and in, in some different context. But I just thought that it was very telling. That just hit home. It hit home for me this summer. I think almost after I recorded every episode, I would stop by your office and say, you're never going to guess or guess what, you know, what came back up or whatever. I was kind of overwhelmed by how much of the themes that came out of every episode, regardless of who was talking or what the discipline was that these same themes kind of came up over and over again. In fact, um, the book Celebration of Discipline, every single person had that on their list. And I know that's not a new book, so it shouldn't be that shocking. But almost to a person, it was like, this is the resource I go to. Along those same lines, there were some themes that came up. What themes stood out to y'all across all of the conversations? Well, I realized that about the book too. And and as it turns out, a friend and I had this book that we read together again over the summer. And once it started to be mentioning so much, I went and found mine and literally, I don't know if I had read it for a class and just skimmed it so wow. I could make a note on it. But I mean, this summer we've been reading it together. She and I, we've been discussing it. Honestly, some of the quotes I had from Richard Foster, I had no idea where it came from, came out of this book. Wow. And I felt somewhat ashamed of myself that I didn't pay so much attention the first time. But this summer, yes, I mean, that's something that how important just that textbook or manual, if you will, has been. And like I say, my conversations with my friend that we've been reading it this summer together has been fantastic. So I definitely saw that as a theme, a jumping off point for some people as they read that book. Right. I loved that. It seemed like regardless of the discipline, it looked different at different stages in people's lives. And I know particularly with prayer, we talked about how, and and really I think scripture too, we talked about how that looks very different when you're a young mom than it does when your kids are in high school or you're an empty nester because your time is so drastically different. What other themes maybe showed up? I think for me, hearing people talk about relationship in terms of falling in love with God, loving scripture, delighting in the Lord. Again, just the posture of receiving and listening. It's not something that you just have to try so hard or force. I just kept hearing that. And like you said, for every discipline that was shared, it was wrapped in a different story, but it always pointed back to resting in him. But all of them were about the relationship, and I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, I think something else that sort of struck me was just the, number one, we all kind of struggle with with how we're supposed to do that, or, or for lack of a better phrase, you know, what, what do we have to do to, quote, get credit? For having done it right. and just the idea that that's a struggle that everybody has whether they're young or old or in between and then also just sort of this the grace that god gives us for 
doing what we're able to do. That's a great theme. What we know how to do and continuing to just show up in all those conversations that sort of jumped out. I'm looking back and in one of the episodes, this quote, do what you can do, not what you can't do. Give yourself and others grace. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was in the Daniel Eldridge, y'all was the first one where y'all were talking about Daniel, I think. So we have to remind ourselves of this, like a fundamental truth. And that is that salvation is this free gift and God doesn't love us more because of what we do. But out of this free gift of salvation, out of the overflow of that comes this idea of disciplines and obedience. I heard that through also because it can be because we are doers and we're list makers and checker offers, it can become that, but that's not what the disciplines are about. And I also think there was the theme of not just relationship with the Lord, but community, who your people are, that does matter. One of the highlights of, of the conversation about worship was hearing Sarah Morland talk about Great is Thy Faithfulness being a song that was at their wedding, but then it was also sung in church the week that they found out that their daughter had special needs and how she talked about on the day they couldn't sing that song without sobbing that the people around her were singing it. And the idea that the community of that, that there are days when you can't sing or you can't worship because you're in whatever state you're in, but that the people around you are are sort of worshiping on your behalf. It's just such a beautiful picture. So another aspect of these conversations, and some of it was intentional and some of it just happened, was the idea that what do the, what do these disciplines look like in your life? I love Kathy Nolan's triggers where she prayed at the stop sign or she prayed at the door of the schools. What do these disciplines look like in your lives? I think for me, they look they look different. They've looked different at different times. And I, I came to this whole spiritual disciplines idea kind of late in life. And so let me just say that wherever you are along the journey, just join the journey. I mean, when I was growing up, you know, we talked about prayer. We talked about Bible study. We talked about having a quiet time. That was the big thing when I was right. growing up. And really what they were teaching us to do is be disciplined in our prayer life and be disciplined in our Bible study, which is, which is really important. I mean, for me, it usually means I got to get up earlier. I got to get up earlier in the morning in the seasons when I'm I'm the most dedicated. I'm I'm up earlier because I can't get rid of everything I need to do in the morning. Exercise, get everybody ready, da, 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 da. So I have to get up earlier. I'm not good late at night. That's not good for me. So getting up earlier is in the season when I feel the closest in my walk with the Lord. I'm, I'm getting up earlier and I'm, you know, have this intentional time. But it can also mean... I mean, there's so many spiritual disciplines of prayer. That's the other thing. They're just so multifaceted, so many different kinds of praying. And so just praying through the day. Some, sometimes I just have a list on my desk. And when I look up, I'm like, oh, yeah. And I say a sentence prayer for that person or a sentence prayer for that person. I find ways to incorporate the disciplines in my everyday life as well as like the specific set-apart time. That is great. I would agree about early mornings, I guess, if I broadened it. My word would just be space, and I mean that in terms of time. They are practiced when they're intentionally placed. So I'll go back to that is one thing that excites me about kicking off a new year. Like we're going to get in these rhythms, and rhythms actually help me be more intentional. However, there are things like my mood, or if I am just completely exhausted, I am learning that's not a physical or even a mental, that's a spiritual red flag. Like, 
I need to be with the Lord. And, and it's really neat to even see that happening in my child's life some. This realization of, okay, my radar is up. What do I need to do? Well, you need to create some space so that you can pray, so that you can be in the Word, so that you can listen to worship music. That is definitely, for me, the quickest and most simple to listen to, to music that will speak straight up Scripture or just truths and promises of God. Silence and solitude is a discipline that has been meaningful to me this past year. Our family started a tradition a couple of years ago where we began the new year fasting for 21 days, and we each chose something individually to fast and then together, and I prayed, but I was the only one who had not decided what I was going to fast from, and I was frustrated, and I didn't want to do it. And then I had an idea, not just something that that I was going to dread doing, but it was actually the opposite. It was going to be something I would look forward to. Um, I wanted to have 30 minutes minimum of time to just be, you know, solitude and silence alone. No talking, no music, no podcast, just being. So for the next 20 days, I just met God in the quiet of morning walks and the stillness being cozied up on the porch um, or my very favorite, sitting in the hot tub before going to bed. It was definitely just a peace to be still and know that he was God. Well, and I think part of what Kristen is talking about is this whole idea of Pastor David calls it redeeming ordinary time. I have a 30-minute commute, so if I'm tired, didn't get enough rest, it's usually listening to music. But a lot of times it's confession, it's adoration, it's thanksgiving, it's supplication. Just this whole redeeming of the time that you have. Some days you're exhausted and that is your cue to say, hey, I, I need to get away. And sometimes you can't. I try to think of it like he talks about this redeeming ordinary time, that there are mm-hmm. disciplines that I can put my mind to. Dallas Willard used to talk about, like in terms of memorizing scripture, he said, you need to memorize scripture so when you're standing in the line at the bank. That is exactly right. And you're you're so frustrated because you're standing in line at the bank or wherever you are. And instead of being frustrated, you start saying a scripture that you know that calms you down. You know, the and overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I know Kristen is a wonderful <laughs> example of memorizing scripture. That's a more difficult one for me, but I have found that to be true when I'm frustrated in traffic or, or when I'm just like having to wait for something. I mentioned Kathy Nolan's coupling, driving with the prayer. And I know Danielle Eldridge was talking about that she has a, I think it's a shell or a stone or something by her sink that when she's washing dishes, if there's a need in one of the boy's lives, she holds that or looks at that or whatever. And that's a reminder. And so the idea of coupling either prayer or reciting scripture or memorizing scripture while you're doing something else is something that everybody can do in some in some way. But I've heard people say when they're doing laundry, you know, if you're folding your husband's shirt, you're praying or you're thinking of ways to encourage him while you're touching those clothes or whatever. So there's lots of ways you can just couple practices. Well, I did have two specific disciplines that kind of stood out this summer. And interestingly, they were both in community and also were kind of unexpected and unplanned, at least in the way that I actually noticed God at work. So I had the privilege and honor of going on our youth trip to Breakaway, and it really was an incredible week. But like all camp experiences with long days and lots of togetherness, exhaustion did set in and emotions were running high. And one evening, there just 
kind of seemed to be a tension as we were heading into worship, and I was kind of already just dreading complaining that I would hear on the other side of it. But honestly, as hearts were softened and eyes became fixed on Jesus during that powerful time of worship, everything changed. And there was such a noticeable sense of joy and love that evening, which was such a testament of what happens when we just turn our hearts to Him and sing our hearts out to Him. And that was one experience. Um, Another one was when our family was at home and we were getting ready to go to a prayer group one Saturday. On time for me is early. And as you can imagine, we were running late. And so the pace of hurry and just the frustration of being behind put me in a mood. And I just decided that I would not be praying out loud. But little did I know that I was about to walk into such an incredible experience of drawing near to God. And so how could I not pray out loud? God really moved in a mighty way in my life, and I really wasn't the same person as when I walked in that day. I guess I would say not really sure where any of our listeners may be today, but those two things, praise and prayer, really do open up avenues for God to do immeasurably more. So whether um, you're frustrated with a person in your life or a seemingly impossible circumstance, rather than your typical or my typical like fill-in-the-blank reaction or response, I would just encourage each of us to consider turning to God and not even just for a minute, but like really lean in and linger and praise Him or pray He is there and He is waiting. And that is true, whether you're by yourself in the car or whether we are in community and worshiping together, he's always going to meet us right where we are. We praise, and if we pray, everything changes. Right. And so, yeah, the dear disciplines are, are a huge need in our lives. And when you don't feel like it the most, that's it's when we, you need it the most. That's when you need it the most. That's, that's the irony of it all. But yeah. sometimes we need each other to remind us of that. That so. came out in our conversation about worship. Um, because of the com- of the idea that there's somebody in the in the congregation or in the room that maybe can't sing it with the with the full feeling, and that you almost have a responsibility mm-hmm. to sing it whether you feel it or not, because there's somebody that can't feel it or that can't you know do it completely um, at any given moment. So. The idea, and and I think that's probably where discipline comes in of, I don't feel like doing this today, but I'm doing this because this is where I need to be. Not so much, you know, it's not all about me. It's, 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 it's about, not about me. my relationship right. with God. So, One of the things that I loved, and Kristen, I'm sorry, I, can, I did not write down the book, but you quoted from a book that said something along the lines that with the disciplines— in our spiritual life, we participate, but we do not contribute to our restoration. That just struck me because so easily it can become a set of rules that we're we're doing and we're earning. Maybe we're not earning our salvation. I think it's Tim Keller who said, we know we don't earn our salvation, but we think we have to try really hard to keep it up. That's right. And so when you said that in the opening, I was like, that's such a wonderful thing. And that's true that we participate, but but we don't contribute to it. One of my mantras as it comes to spiritual disciplines that Dallas Willard says is that he talks about how grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Mm -hmm. And so we get this idea that we're earning something by doing it, 
we're not earning anything. Grace is there, and it's okay to put all of your effort in it. It's kind of like what you're saying, Rachel. I mean, we we put the effort in, but we're not earning anything. We're not we participating, but we're not contributing. You know, that's the that's the work of the Holy Spirit that's doing in us. And I, I just think and it's that's a gift. It's it's a gift. It is a gift. It's free. It's very freeing. Because mm-hmm. if you know, I miss one day, or you know, something's going on. I can't get up early, or. I, you know, just distracted or whatever it is. It's not, it doesn't make you feel like you've, you know, failed somehow. It's not a, it's not about that. It's about um, long obedience in the same direction. I mean, you're, you're there consistently and it's not about shame. It's not about guilt. It's about grace. It's about freeing you to walk more closely with the Lord. And those are two very different pictures. Yes. Two very different pictures. Yeah. I think we have a, often have a mindset of, God's up there grading what I didn't do, do as opposed to God's just, he's just so grateful for, for anything, anytime he has with us. He's not sitting there talking about what he didn't get today. So wrapping up the specific conversations in the series, is there anything you'll do differently after hearing? I know I'll be reading Celebration of Discipline. I never have. And it has come up in every single conversation, but. There's a book called Noticing God by, his name is Richard Peace. But I just think that, like, what resonated with me from every one of the episodes that I listened to was just that, the simplicity of people noticing God in the daily, in the big, in the small, in the hard, especially in the hard, but just that. In his book, Richard Peace says that we inhabit two worlds— the natural and the supernatural. The natural world is very present to us, not hard to notice, much harder to notice the supernatural in the midst of the natural and how he encourages, you know, his readers to listen and just to engage in practices. And I feel like that is what this summer podcast has done for me is noticing God in the details. So Going forward, as we've wrapped up this series on spiritual disciplines, um, is there anything that you want to share about next steps or any additional resources or somebody that says, hey, I, you know, where do I start with a spiritual discipline or with the idea of a spiritual discipline? Well, in the fall, we're going to offer a Bible study called The Good and Beautiful God. So humbled um, and excited to be a part of this study. The book is by James Brian Smith, and he is an advocate for spiritual change, for spiritual transformation in a way that he feels like we haven't taught how to do that very well. The Bible study is about how do we change spiritually? What what are the components of changing spiritually? So he has three components. One is that you change your narrative about God. He talks about how important it is to understand the goodness and the love of God and the trustworthiness of God in order to begin this journey of transformation transformation. So the very first thing is, where do we have the narratives wrong about God? And some of us got the wrong narratives in the church we grew up in. Some of us maybe who did not grow up in a church do not have the correct narratives about God. So the very first thing is, how do I get the right narrative about God? 
The second thing is, what are the disciplines that I should be practicing? And these are not deep dives. It's not go off and spend a weekend in silence. It's not, it's not like that. It's how, are I, how do I start to live out some of these disciplines? And we will practice one every week. Some you will love and gravitate towards, some probably not so much. And so you kind of get a feeling with the Holy Spirit's guidance, which ones are the most meaningful to you that you want to practice on an ongoing basis. And then the third component is community. How do we change living this out in the community? So you can kind of think of it as a triangle, changing the narratives one point, the spiritual exercises or disciplines. James Brian Smith actually calls them exercises because he thinks disciplines gets people in the mindset of check, check, check. Mm -hmm. So he says exercises and then, and living in community. In the middle of that triangle is the Holy Spirit activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So if you would love to have a place to to just try these disciplines out in community and see with some really deep, rich Bible study that goes along with that, then just join us on Wednesday nights. We, we would so love to be on that journey together with you. And Jan has actually taught this before and so excited that we're doing it again. Also on Wednesday nights, we do have different Bible study options in the Word, which was another one of our disciplines. Moms in Prayer meets each Wednesday night, and I'm excited to be stretching and strengthening through the Word with my Immerse class in the FRC that will kick off again in September. I think just looking and listening to the ways that God is speaking individually and know that many, many women in our church would love to have conversations about what this looks like. Thank you for listening to Everywhere You Are. We love producing these stories and we're excited about how God is using them. To learn more about the Dawson family of faith, please visit our website, dawsonchurch.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We could use your help going forward. First, please let us know what you think about the episodes. We wanna hear what you like, what you don't like, and your ideas for how we can make the podcast better. To share your thoughts, comment on the episode post in the Dawson Women's Ministry Facebook group, or email podcast at dawsonchurch.org. Second, we want to hear your stories of how God has worked in your life. If you would be willing to share your story, please email Kristen Torres at ktorres at dawsonchurch.org. Finally, Please help us spread the word about the podcast. Tell your friends, family members, neighbors, and coworkers about the podcast and encourage them to listen and subscribe. Thank you for your help. We'll see you next time.